Howdy. Welcome to Undersampled Radio, the show where we talk science, tech, oil, business, politics, and more. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Graham. Together, we're the hosts of this circus. To follow the conversation, make suggestions, or rant and rave, please visit the forum Software Underground at swung.rocks. Hello, dearies. Welcome to Undersampled Radio, episode 70. What? That's cracking me up because he's cracking up. It's contagious. But it is episode 70 today, um, as not noted by our show notes. So I'm going to put that in right now while Matt talks you in. Bumper. Hi, everyone. Bumper. Yeah, Matt here. Um, welcome, Graham, to the show. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty good intro, I think, because I could remember which episode it was because I just typed out a whole bunch of episodes and seeded some YouTube stuff and things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're always on it, so I'm not I'm not surprised when you can nah, hardly. stuff like that or just do an intro without any kind of warning Number. or warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you're a pro. What can I say? You're literally, what are you drinking? Oh, this is the good stuff. This? Water. Filtered. Okay. Filtered. Nice. Huh? <laughs> I thought um, you were going to say it's tequila or something. Um, <laughs> just a pint of tequila. That's well, what kind of shit <laughs> I guess it's still kind of early there. I'm, I'm on licorice tea today. Ah, that sounds awful, actually. I'm not a, I'm not a licorice person. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm into that? licorice. I, don't, I licorice think, is one. There's like this binary. Those, yeah, it's a binary thing. It's like uh, coriander slash. What do you call coriander? Coriander. You guys have another name for it. No, do no. You, it's cilantro. In this house, we call it coriander. Okay. What? Yeah. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Wait, what am I thinking? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of cardamom. Ah, cardamom. Cardamom. <laughs> we call it cardamom. Okay. <laughs> but um, okay. yeah, I wonder if it's genetic. Like, I haven't had a mm, twenty-three yeah. and Me type thing done, but it probably comes back and says, you know, it's like whether you've got you wet like or dry licorice. earwax. Do you like licorice all sorts? <laughs> and I do like licorice all sorts. But um... what's your earwax? <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> you're wearing headphones. Um, so I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to announce that this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good episode. I can feel it right now. Okay. It's the licorice. Um, no, it's the sweater you're wearing. Or maybe it's the Lehman geophysical shirt I'm wearing. You see that? Thank you, John. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I do see it. Okay. So we have a big, uh, big milestone coming up, man. You know what it is? Uh, oh, wait. It's Hasn't it? Hasn't it gone by? <laughs> like a second anniversary or something? Wasn't that like oh, last yes. week? Yeah, our second anniversary went by. Well, what, Happy what anniversary! Bigger event milestone could there be? Yeah, <laughs> yes, darling. <laughs> I didn't forget. Uh, I, <laughs> Wait, what was it? Was it January twenty fourth? Is that what you said? Well, you, I, while you looked at, I, I feel like it was. <laughs> no one else cares. Something about that, like right? that. Yeah. No. Either way, it's that's cool. We didn't, we didn't get any um, cards. Can I can I what, say what's coming up? What is it? it um, so Fernando Ziegler is going to mm. be on the show next week. Uh, the big news, though, is that he's interviewing us. So Fernando's been what? Yeah, <laughs> Fernando's I love it. Been collecting data about us, questions from our audience <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. And uh, he's going to put us in the hot seat, so to speak. And yep. uh, he's not telling us what the questions are. So I feel like they're going to be pretty heated. And it's going to be an awesome episode. So that show will be recorded, broadcast live on, um, my calendar says Tuesday, the 6th of February. That's next Tuesday at okay. 6.30 Central Time. Be there. And if you can't be there to watch us embarrass ourselves, um, you can always catch that episode as a podcast one week later and 
through eternity, or at least until the internet crashes. Um, and then if you want to submit some questions to Fernando, you can do so on the Software Underground. Remember every single, when we started the show, we used to say something about Software Underground every show, and we, I don't even remember the last time we've mentioned it. So where can people find the Software Underground, Matt? Softwareunderground.org. That's the place to go. It's, uh, there's nothing there except a button, but that's where you go. Well, there's things on the software underground itself. There's nothing on that URL but a button to sign up for the good stuff that yeah, exists yeah, behind that button. It is free. Yeah, sorry, sign sorry. up. We haven't plugged yeah. in a while, so we'll do that again. But anyway, you can still, I think, I actually don't really even know what's going on, but I assume that Fernando's still uh, accepting questions and dirt on Matt and I. So that's going to be cool. See you Tuesday for an embarrassing, embarrassing yeah, time. Looking forward to that. That sounds, uh, that sounds cool. He's, is he not on Twitter? I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, he's on Twitter. Fizigler, F-E-Z-I-E-G-L-E-R. So uh, you yeah. can probably catch him there too if you're not, if you don't want to sign up for Slack and have yet another source of uh, notifications and you know social media entrapment. Yes, that's true. You can turn those notifications off. You know. Um, yeah, it's another cool Slack. Hey, so while we're talking about Slacks, I found a cool Slack, um, Austin Deep Learning Slack, okay. which is uh, hyphenated, austin-deep-learning.slack.com. What's it about? <laughs> um, it is pretty good, though. The, the regular contributors okay. on the Slack are not very knowledgeable, uh, like expert level, um, publishing papers about the space. Um, it's, it's really, it's another good place to go and talk about silly ideas you have next thing on the list I like uh, it mm -hmm. another big one uh, I have a new command center everybody oh yeah <laughs> so I think as you may know I moved to <laughs> I should get to talk to you about this too I moved to Austin a few months ago um, and my office in there uh, doesn't have one of those nice cozy phone booth rooms like Matt is sitting in right now. And it was something that I always really wanted. So I found a utility closet with wires hanging around everywhere, junk piled up and all this. So I just- Oh, that's not your office. I assumed that was your office. That they stick me in a utility closet. <laughs> <laughs> so I just threw all that stuff away. Who knows? Uh, wait, oh, I shouldn't have that there. <laughs> So if you're missing anything, please contact Undersampled Radio. That's Matt Hall at NovaScotia.com. Uh, so, and I, I, some, I got some acoustic panels. I slapped those up there. Uh, what else? I got an orange carpet because, mm -hmm. like my shirt, Xperia's color is orange. Um, I have a cool chair on the way. It's not in there right now. It's just a nasty little kitchen chair, which is why I'm not broadcasting from in there this evening. Yeah. Okay. Cool. See, I'm still in my house. Yeah, it looks pretty good. So next, yeah. next time, that's what's you're going to be in there in the the cupboard of glory. Next <laughs> yeah. time on the next uh, for the for the Fizigler interview, the we, Fizigler uh, tapes. Perhaps, yeah, I, yeah, I think okay. so. I'm going to take a couple calls in there as the week goes. Well, it's, it's Thursday, but anyway, yeah, uh, see how the sound um, isolation is and test. Nice, so and maybe what. Does that mean we'll be uh, doing our shows at a different time, do you think? Whatever. Whatever works for you. Oh, okay. No, I was just wondering, because it just occurred to me when we were talking about it earlier that it's really hard for people in Europe right now to chime in to the live. I mean, who would who would want to miss the live recording of this? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if we moved it back a bit, maybe... Yeah. They could catch it before bed, you know, as a kind of soporific <laughs> or something to hear them up a bit after a after a hard day. Remind them yeah. why actually their lives aren't that bad. Because <laughs> look at look at those two jokers <laughs> stuck in a utility closet. And I'm telling you, it's like circuit breakers and exposed ground wires and things. It's it's gonna be awesome. So actually, it adds an element of surprise to the show. Will Graham make yeah. it out alive this episode? Right. So uh, yeah, I'm into it. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really fun. Nice. So you had a broadcasting epiphany. It says there in the notes. Yeah. What do you okay. think I meant by that? 
Because <laughs> it just occurred to me that that sounded like a segue. Because we were just talking about po podcasting and so on. Yeah. Is that what you were that thinking? Is, that is what it sounded like to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I, that's not. That's not what it is at all. <laughs> okay. Pivot time. Here we go. Yeah. No, no, it's good. It was a bit of an epiphany, and it it was about broadcasting, but about NumPy broadcasting. <laughs> Uh, oh, I see. Broadcasting into, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, and I don't know why this never. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I, I I knew about this behavior, but I've I've only just realized that it should be exploited everywhere. So I'll do. I'll try really hard to explain what I'm talking about really quickly. But I'd often thought about broadcasting as a convenience, so that when you multiply, let's say, you know. A 1D vector, a 1D array by a scalar. NumPy figures out, oh, you want to do like element-wise multiplication, and um, and likewise, if you take say a 2D array and multiply it by a 1D array, uh, it tends to do the right thing and say, oh, well, this 1D array fits the 2D array on this axis, so I'll broadcast it across the other dimension. Tick, tick, and tick, give tick, you tick. this kind of yeah right mm -hmm. which is cool but i only just sort of realized properly that if like so let's say well i was looking at a, a filter bank so like a imagine a series of wavelets at different frequencies and we had and ha it turns out have all over our code places where we basically loop over the frequencies and create 1d arrays and stack them Mm -hmm. But but it turns out that if instead of doing that, you you change your wavelet generating function to, I mean, it's still going to make a, essentially a 1D wavelet, but you add a dimension to the frequencies that you're passing in. So you pass in, let's say, a numpy.a range or numpy.lin space. But you add a dimension to it so that now it's essentially a column matrix instead of just a 1D array, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then when you oh, do yeah. the math, you get back your filter bank. You get back a 2D array. So this might be completely obvious to everybody, but I only just internalized this. And I'm now frantically going back over all of our code and finding all these places where we were doing essentially this incredibly clunky thing and replacing it with adding a dimension by reshaping uh, or by using uh uh is it um expand dims i think is np expand dims yeah. and uh and then all the math just looks like math again and you don't have these stupid loops everywhere and it's 10 times faster by the way to do it that way Awesome. Yeah. So explain to us then the difference between broadcasting and map. Well, so like I feel like in a map, you want to take something that already exists and apply a function to it. I guess you could do the same thing with map. But you'd have one extra step. You'd yeah, but there's, cause there's, some, there's some places where uh you can't use broadcasting natively so numpy.convolve for example won't take this the 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 two arrays that you give numpy.convolve have to be one dimensional you can't give it a column type vector and expect it to convolve it with a row type vector not that there are row and column vectors per se but um it it doesn't work so the scipy convolve will do that but NumPy Convolve won't. So if you wanted to take a function like NumPy Convolve, you'd have to use map or a list comprehension or NumPy apply a long axis or something else. So um, yeah, anyway, it's, and of course it works in multiple dimensions. So you could like, I've been talking about creating a filter bank, but you could create a bank of filter banks with the same trick so that all the math is just looks like an equation uh, but you're actually operating multiple dimensions simultaneously, it, you know. So I had a look while I was trying to figure this out. I was looking at 
I I came across. Uh, you, I don't know if you've heard of Ufunks, but I guess Ufunks are nope. these um, the way that NumPy implements broadcasting, and um, you can make your own Ufunks out of NumPy array. Out, sorry, out of NumPy functions. So there's something called np dot from pyfunk, I think it is. So you just give it a Python function, and it'll make a Ufunk out of it, and then you can use things like outer and get an nice. outer sum or outer product type behavior from any function. Supporting array broadcasting, typecasting, several of standard features. Yeah. So I know. For function. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So basically, in principle, you can vectorize anything and you can take advantage of NumPy's sort of ground level vectorization strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, for some, and, that, and and I found that that from PyFunk works really well for very simple functions, but I couldn't get it to work on, let's say, like a large equation, like, um, you know, the exact Zoeprit solution. I, I, it, I, couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. So it might just be me being clumsy, but um, it, in the end, I found that using this dimension adding broadcasting trick worked just fine. And, and it's a cool in, name. <laughs> what is Pyfunk? Pyfunk? Yeah. I like it. Um, anyway, so there you go. That's my epiphany of the week, everyone. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I was hoping that we would get a broadcasting epiphany, not a broadcasting epiphany. No. Uh, but unfortunately for our listeners, they'll have to put up with our standard broadcasting um, yeah. until next week. <laughs> it's transposed. <laughs> in the interviewer interviewee dimensions oh, yeah well so speaking of transposes <laughs> okay um I, I i i've been going through so i i think probably most people listening to the show will have heard of john claire bow yep. he's a professor at stanford and the hey we have data scientists in our audience King, right well i, I claire bow's a Geophysicist, right? But I mean, he seems to straddle this kind of world of maths, physics, um, geophysics, and is the or a big component, uh, proponent, sorry, not component. He may be both, but a big proponent of the um, the adjoint method and of uh, solution finding, I guess. So matrix free computation and geophysics and this is all a bit new to me so i really don't quite know what i'm talking about but um it's the idea that you we can solve geophysical equations where we would normally use big giant matrix uh without using matrices by relying on adjoints so there's complex conjugate adjoints transpose thereof and how does that eliminate a matrix I, th I guess you functionalize the, you turn it, instead of having like a, an operator matrix, you turn your operator into a function, which is kind of how it started out in the first place, potentially. And the, the, next, the next tutorial is on this very subject. So there's a really nice example uh, of, you remember when I did the, uh, the inverse, like, linear inversion tutorial last year the x equals b so someone's that worked that yeah so someone's worked that exact tutorial over with this um adjoint method when did the paper to come illustrate out? how you can do it without matrices it's coming out in april i don't know when did the clarabout paper come out that this space uh well the thing i'm going through i linked to in the show notes and it's his book oh. I'm writing it down right now. It, which is which is free. I guess the book's called GEE, -E, maybe. But it's like uh, Geophysical Image Estimation by Example is the name of the book. So G-I-E-E. -E. It was written by John with Sergey Fomel. And um, I've linked to his series of videos mm -hmm. on this topic where he basically goes through 
all sorts of things. Uh, basically taking almost every geophysical operation you can think of from simple things like zero padding and linear interpolation um, through to convolution and then beyond to, uh, I think his like exploding reflectors and migration and NMO and expressing them all in terms of these, uh, in this adjoint method. So I'm, I've only got through like half of the first segment. So hence my stuttering description of what on earth he's up to, but, um, yeah, it's kind of intriguing. I'm going to let you sounds fascinating. Yeah. 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 Like check it out because, um, it seems like it's all the rage in Austin because Sergey is, you know, the guy yeah. who's carrying this to torch now, I think. So, um, yeah, anyway. Well, we can discuss the uh, inverse operators in square invertible matrices, right? So if there's a lot of literature in the geophysical space, particularly that deals with adjoint operators as the tr as the inverse of the original operator. And right. I, I know that Clairbot had quite a bit of material in the literature about that. And it works, right? But you're still using matrix operations to actually implement solutions. So I'm going to spend one, I'm going to spend 11 hours, six minutes and 44 seconds watching these videos. Yes, do. Well, also, uh, while I think of it, um, in the current leading edge, so the one that just came out, February issue, is the third and final part of the FWI uh, tutorial, mm -hmm. in which they are using, or they demonstrate actually the difference between this um, sort of... Uh, using strategies like gradient descent um, versus using, I think in, it's the Gauss-Newton method, yes. adjoint method. And they're also going on about doing it matrix-free. Because the, cool. the, I think the problem is the matrices are so gigantic that you don't want to invert them. If uh, Do you know uh, any time you'd be able to get in touch with uh, Fomel about talk, talking about this stuff? Anytime you might uh, <laughs> have a conversation about this? Yeah, well, it's funny. It's funny you should mention that. Uh, yeah, so on the thirteenth, I'll be traveling down to Austin for a few days. Woo! Yeah, and giving apparently two talks on Friday, one at Beg and one at UT. I don't really know what the difference is, but I guess there's two different sites, buildings, yes. towns. I don't know. I and um, last week. so I'm looking forward to that. Don't know what I'm going to be talking about yet, but. Um, have they given you something, a theme? Something totally awesome. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some awesome. new recipes I've been working on. Uh, <laughs> cool. And uh, and then we're going to be hanging out too and doing at least one podcast uh, and just general chit-chat probably. And the, the mother of all trail runs as well. Um, right. oh my yeah. Yeah, to sure. keep that up, and then and then the next week after you give your amazing talk, I'm supposed to follow your amazing talk up with some other amazing talk. Uh, so I'll be talking. About, I actually do have a topic because I told them what I was going to do, uh, and it's going to be related to the denoising of seismic by image translation deep neural network um, paper that just came out. Yeah. In what uh, was that called? The Canadian the Society of Exploration Geophysicists Recorder. Yes. There's a link to the repo in our show notes. It's open. Along with, who else? Brennan Hall has a repo in there. My, uh, <laughs> I was about to use his software underground handle, but uh, Matteo Nickley has another repo in there. So go check that out. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And if you want to come to the talk, uh, I think you can. I think it's open to everybody, the big one. Yeah, well, put some tickets on Eventbrite, man. 
<laughs> start to, it's uh, what I meant to say was it's seven hundred dollars to attend, and you can send the check directly to Undersampled Radio. <laughs> That's Graham Ganzel, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Matt's talk like with them on the sixteenth, and my talk will be on the twenty-third. Right. Okay. So you're going to be selling CDs after speaking of signing posters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, the speaking of talks, man, I had a good segue and I lost my train of thought. Speaking of talks, ah. the we're so good at segues on this show. This past Saturday was Day to Day Texas, which was really awesome, and we had mm -hmm. two talks given there. Called the first one was called something about graph convolutional network analysis, and the other one was called something about machine learning bias and machine human bias and machine learning systems and mm. it was about how to eliminate that so i have some cheers for the authors of those talks steve purvis lynn posick and chris lacava who basically breathed life into my junky old jupiter notebooks to to build amazing talks um it's been promised that these talks are going are recorded and are going to be posted online for free. So keep an eye out on the day to day website that should be coming presumably soon. Other talks. The day to day Texas site. Yep. Oh yeah, I think I found the schedule. That's mm -hmm. cool. They're going to be online. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And Holy crap! Look at all those. What? How do you? How do you get that many sponsors? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Is there, are these folks all in uh, Austin? Is this an Austin thing? Uh, no. Looks I like mean, this this event was, but there's right. the day to day Texas was in Austin, day to day Seattle, day to day something. I don't know. All over the all over the United well, States. Was there something else too going on last week? I it felt like there were several days worth of conferency things happening with you guys. Yes. There was an internal conference, a company ah. presentation day, okay. and we had a ball uh, yeah. just talking about tech and stuff. It was awesome. Unfortunately, those talks will not be hosted live in public, so I wasn't going to mention it. But the other thing I was going to mention <clears throat> is that we had a software underground meetup in Houston on last Wednesday, eight days oh, yeah. ago. It was awesome. Um, so all the Houston software undergrounders met up and uh, drank some beers and talked about what it is we do. It was really fun. So if you're in Austin listening to this, I mean, what did I say? If you're in Houston listening to this, um, let's do another one. It was great. I'll drive down. It's only a couple hours. Nice. I have one last bullet point. Should I, should I just continue rambling on? I would. Okay. Sounds like you. Sounded like you were going to. Well, I wanted to breathe and give you a chance to jump in because you have some actual content. And I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, webinars. Yeah, I'm what about them? Apparently, giving six of them this month. Oh wow! You... All different topics. Okay, um, that's a lot. <laughs> you're telling me it's going to be pretty sweet. So there are several of them. I think there's three webinars that are pretty high level that are that link business use cases to technologies. These are all machine learning plus graph analysis technologies. Um, and then there's three in-depth ones that kind of dive a little deeper. So we're going to be talking about the, these three horizontal themes in the webinars. One is fraud detection and prevention. Okay. Another one is customer 360 enlightenment and the third one is uh, uh, supply chain optimization um so it's gonna be awesome sign up I it's see. Free. and how can a person find these expiroinc.com maybe there's a webinar button or something i probably should have i'm gonna link that in the show notes now okay because i i went to training and then it looks like there are some webinars but then there are, it looks like there are quite a few. Well, what? what? Oh, I'm looking at something that's horribly out of date. Ignore me. Yeah, you think that whatever I was saying was completely made up. I was on some kind of archive. 
<laughs> like the Wayback Machine or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Graph Data Accelerator One Day Course. Is that you? No. Mm, yes, it you is. But cool. That's not the right thing. Okay. Yeah. This is pretty awesome that I can't find the material I'm talking about. Uh, well, I will get that and I will link it in the show. Anyway, that's it for me. What's up? Yeah, here? nice. Well, there's oh, you have cool stuff on here. You were in Norway. I forgot. You went back yep. the first time in 10 Did, years. That's right. For More 15. Cross-country cross ski trip race. No, that was the 15-year-ago thing. Oh. Um, yeah, we. Uh, I went with Diego to mm. Oslo. Nice. Mm. I haven't spent much time in Oslo before. Well, we were actually in uh, a little bit outside Oslo in a place called Fornebu. And um, yeah, we were at Statoil for a week teaching our sort of introduction to Python, scientific Python for geoscientists. So it's like all the content is, you know, geology and geophysics. And it was, yeah, it was awesome. We had, we had 20 people and we went right from like full deer in the headlights mode to building cool projects and things on uh, at the end of the week. So it was really good. It was really fun. Awesome. What kind of projects were you working on? Um, well, we basically invite them to start thinking about projects right from the beginning of the class. And then gradually we kind of hone project ideas as the class goes on. And then by the idea is that by Friday, they've self organized into little clusters of people around stuff that they're interested in and then they go off and try and not build the entire project because most of them have just started programming on the monday so it's more like like let's find a piece of it that you can achieve like the first rung on the ladder and um whether it's a plot or implement an equation with a slider in uh you know uh a notebook or whatever it whatever it is like let's take the first step and yeah, everybody managed to do something useful. And cool. that I think they can then go off. The idea is that then they go off and build on it and have some motivation for carrying on learning. Because, uh, you know, that's the big thing with courses, isn't it? Is often you just sort of go off and go back to your, <laughs> you go back into your Excel spreadsheets and stuff and never look back. So we try and come up with a few ways to make stuff stick a little bit. Yeah, so anyway, cool. it was a lot of fun. I hope we get to do it again. Awesome. Yeah. And you have a Norwegian keyboard. And uh, oh man, it was such a tragedy because oh, don't even like this. <laughs> on the one hand, I look really organized in this story. And on the other hand, I look like a bit of an idiot. <laughs> so I like those are the type of stories we like. At least a couple of weeks before we went away, my laptop, the one that I travel with has been kind of flaking out a little bit, like not waking up properly after sleep and stuff like that. Kind of like me, but it was getting more and more like me. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna buy another laptop and um, I'll be ready when it craps out. And was sort of thinking, well, you know, I'll get a similar one. I, I like these Asus Zenbooks for traveling with because they're not too expensive. They're really nicely built um, until they start crapping out. and. But I'll wait until Ubuntu 18.04 comes out, so you know, which is like April or something. And I and I didn't have time, frankly, to set it up, mm -hmm. so I didn't take it to Oslo. I took my old one. And sure enough, in Montreal on the way there, we literally just left Halifax, and the computer doesn't wake up. And I fiddle about with it and fiddle about with it and plug it in to try and charge the batteries. And the little pin inside the power thing oh, no. the little pin comes off in the power oh, no. thing I committed suicide yeah basically i committed suicide i'm going to teach a computing course <laughs> you know thank goodness this was like friday evening so we're getting to oslo on saturday so we get there and go straight to a computer store and i'm like have you got any laptops with a us keyboard <laughs> i'll take one and there's just like there's no us keyboards it's like that's not happening uh, and then i'm like okay can we repair this laptop? And they're just like, yeah, but that's going to take till Thursday or whatever. Um, so I'm like, okay, I I guess I need a new laptop. Then. <laughs> Even though I've got one at home, which is great and fine. 
<laughs> so um so i buy this laptop and of course it's got a norwegian keyboard and there so this was saturday afternoon so there i am monday like because we do a lot of the courses like live coding so that people can follow along oh, no. so, so here i'm trying to how type do you, how do you and say sudo uh, apt get install in norwegian yeah well just getting it set up was a nightmare because it was so new it's literally just come out this this laptop it's got like you know the latest whatever the intel processor and blah 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 and um thank thank goodness diego was with me because he does this stuff with his eyes closed so we were like installing like literally bleeding edge kernels <laughs> just to get stuff like Wi-Fi working. Yikes! <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, so sat for Saturday was awful, and luckily we got it working. Managed to, you know, recover, get Dropbox installed, get my stuff on there, get Git on there, get Anaconda. Thank goodness for Anaconda. Um, anyway, I mean, but then it sort of just gets even more kind of crazy, and it's always like this in the classes because we we try to avoid using. Uh, like a cloud Jupyter Hub or whatever, which we have, and we set it up and ha and everything. But I like people to get stuff set up on their machines. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that brings its own kind of awfulness because usually you're behind a firewall and often they're not on, they're on like corporate machines, right? Not personal ones. They can't install stuff or whatever. So, I mean, that all, all that's always a headache too. <laughs> so... Windows, man, I tell you. So, so how do people live Windows with Windows? Stop. <laughs> tell me about your new computer because I'm in the market for a new computer potentially coming up here in the next six months. Okay. Laptop. The one that I like, or the Norwegian one. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're both. Uh, they're both. One. So the one that I like that I was looking forward. Well, they're both Asus. So the, that one's an Asus ZenBook. Um, what's it called? Like UX430 something something. So it's like i7, 8550, um, and 16 gigs of RAM. Half a terabyte SSD. It's nice. It's nice, a nice portable machine that costs, you know, a, not much more than a thousand bucks kind of thing um so who's and the other one's a, a vivo book i think so it's like a cheap zen book hmm. yeah okay so so as you know i always run on laptops mostly ubuntu and hmm. um i was picking around the other day thinking about getting a mac and putting ubuntu on it yeah and Okay, so first initial thoughts, and then I'll tell you my hang up. Oh, I'm putting Ubuntu on it. I, okay, I don't really know what that means. Like blowing away the macOS? Yeah. Okay. So just because, why though? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have like, particular, I'm set in my ways, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get why you want Ubuntu. I just don't get why you'd spend all that money on a MacBook and then blow away the OS. Yeah. And okay, so I'm thinking how to like does Linux work okay on a Mac? I, I guess it does. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. So then the hang so on. the hang up I have then is that all the Macs have those touch bars on them, which is absolutely not going to work. Right. <laughs> and it's like the escape button is on there. So yeah. that idea I tell you because so like I say I like these Zen books but for traveling with <clears throat> like I I don't think I, I'm not sure I'd want one as an everyday machine. It, it's a little bit flimsy, not flimsy, that's the wrong word, but I don't know. I like traveling with it because they don't weigh much, but I like having a proper machine at home. But I, uh, Diego's got the Dell, um, whatever those things are. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember what they're called, but the, 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 the really nice Dells, <laughs> and it's gorgeous. Like, uh -huh. I feel like if you were buying something to use every day, I would go for one of those from what I've seen. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm looking it up right now. I'm not a computery person particularly, like hardware-wise, uh, so I don't really know. Dell XPS. Um, 
those things are nice. But if you get us, if you get one that's spec like my Zen book, it's going to cost you like an extra five hundred bucks, I think. Okay. But I think he's got like an Nvidia card in his, and you know, yeah. Well, it's got a lovely screen and lovely keyboard. It's got a, it looks beautiful. I'm not super picky about having a GPU in my laptop because I, I don't, you know, I do all that work up in the one yeah, of these right. bad boys up in the cloud, you know. Um, yeah. So I mean, one, I don't. That's why I don't. Yeah. W- one thing I wish that I could do, and ho- I'm sure at least several of our listeners have done this. One thing I wish I could do with my laptop is have Ubuntu at the same time as having one of these cool flip around laptops that turns into a tablety looking thing mm-hmm. and have that functionality still work with Ubuntu. Oh, it doesn't. How to do that. Let me know. Well, I'll, like the, you know, the drivers for like, for example, if there's a stylus, no chance, but like a lot of the times I try, <laughs> I tried this, uh, on one and I just hosed, hosed the entire computer. So, uh, the thing I like about the, so I don't own a, what I really should do is just buy a freaking iPad or something because the best part about the iPads and the tablets and stuff like that is doing, is reading scientific literature. Cause you just can have it like, it looks, you know, it's like a paper, piece of paper, uh, ish. Mm. Anyway, what was I saying? I don't I know. Hear so I'm gonna, I'd, I'd, I'll look through ACES. I'd totally go for like something with e-paper on the lid or something. I really like that. Um, is that what it's called? E-paper? You know what I mean? On the lid? <laughs> Something like that, like on the other side. Oh, I like reading man. on the screen. Are you talking about an actual device that exists, or are you just talking about duct taping a Kindle to the back of your laptop? Yeah, the second one. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. There's a new tablet that came out called Remarkable. It's pretty cool. It's just like yeah. a big, big Kindle that you, has a stylus, and you can write, and it looks really cool. <laughs> I but thought I the Kindles had gone like LCD. Is that not what's happened? I don't have mine in reach, but mine's nice. It's got that nice display, and it has okay. a backlight, but it still looks like a page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, cool. I, I liked my Kindle until I left it on an airplane. <laughs> I'm so I've never snobby. done to a book. <laughs> I'm so snobby about books. I only read books that I can get on my Kindle now. Yeah? It's horrible. <clears throat> I know. Hmm. Because we stopped doing our books as ebooks because I hated my Kindle so much. You think we should do them again? Mm-hmm. It's a pain. Mm. Yeah, it's a well, pain. To, it's a pain to make them into into ebooks. Well, like, yeah, it's new age, man. And they look there's, gross. There's snobs like me out there. Got to do it. What about Matt? Have you seen nice? Have you seen a, an ebook on your Kindle with nice equations? Ah, uh, so figures. The reason that I don't read scientific literature on the Kindle, you can you can turn PDFs into Kindle into ebooks, as you know, uh, is mm. that images and equations are horrible on it. Yeah, right. And code, I'm thinking. I haven't tried a program right. book. That's why. That's why I want the sort of tablet thing because it it handles. Typesetting mm. better than ebooks, but right. um, I also want Linux, and I don't want two devices. I don't have to carry around it. I had a Lenovo Yoga book for a while, which was sweet. I loved it. Like little tiny, tiny thing, super light, flipped around into a tablet. Was awesome for reading science papers, but the keyboard was electronic. It lit up, and you had to touch type like a cell phone. And it was garbage. <laughs> I just want one device that does both things really well. Can you solve that for yeah. me? Nah, I, I, you're out of luck. I, I, I like list? books. I know. <laughs> we have events coming out of our ears this year. Go to agilescientific.com slash events. I'll be at yeah, one of those events there. at least. I'll be, at, so. I'll be in Salt Lake City with you boys. Slick. Doing nice Python boot camping and hackathoning, and then going to a conference called the AAPG. It's going to be good. And you've been um, revamping what? Sorry, 
know any know any companies that want to sponsor those events <clears throat> yeah i i've been uh looking around for those types of companies and um may have some leads so there's lots awesome. of people in austin yeah we are you know here. it's kind of a new event on our calendar so um what is well the doing it at apg oh oh yeah so um, you know, it's it's another event essentially, um, and so I don't necessarily. Well, I did like two things. I guess I thought it'd be nice to involve some different sponsors from usual, um, you know, for stuff like cloud and so on. I just thought that would be good to cast the net a bit wider. And also, I just you know, I feel kind of weird going back to the same people <laughs> over and over again. But um, I, I don't know that we've had. Barrow sponsor since since the merger, um, right? We had Sebastian a couple of times, I think, sponsor in his old outfit. Yep. Well, you'll be in Texas. They'll be in Texas. Don't hang out. <laughs> dot dot dot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, and uh, and I've also just put the. Uh, tickets up for Copenhagen. So if we have got anyone listening in Europe and you're going to EAGE, or even if you're not going to EAGE, uh, please uh, have a look at that. We're going to be, it's going to be cool because we're going to be doing um, sort of visualization as the theme, which I think will range from sort of just interesting plots uh, all the way through, I hope, to AR, VR stuff. Um, so that's going to be in June. The uh, the OG hacker will be there. Uh, the perv. Yep. Yeah. Old Steve Purvis. He'll be there. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we don't quite know where. It, we haven't got a venue for either place yet, but the venues that we're looking at in both Salt Lake and Copenhagen look really, really cool. So I'm pretty excited about the venues. Awesome. Yeah. There's one more thing on the list that we haven't covered, and we have just enough time to cover it. So that is, you've been revamping Bruges. Bruges, yeah. Bag <laughs> well, Bruges. So this is one of the one of the places where I've been uh, implementing the fruit of my broadcasting epiphany. <laughs> um, Wait, tell us tell so, us what Bruges stands for first. Bruce stands for bag of really useful geophysical equations and stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's so called because it really is just a bag of functions. Like there's, there is a one or two classes in there, but it's mostly just functions. Um, it's, I could really, I could use some feedback actually on it because uh, we've sort of tried to organize it, but I feel like in trying to organize it, we've made it more difficult to use, um, you know, because it's like, well, where do you put, you know, should like NumPy just sort of essentially throws all of its stuff into one big bag. So everything is just NP dot this, NP dot that. So it's like Convolve, FFT. I guess FFT is a bag on its own, but most of it's just, it's flat. Whereas SciPy, Scikit-learn, have this more kind of tiered, you know, structure where, you know, you've got interpolators over here and statistics over there. That drives you nuts, eh? Yep. Yeah, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a flat cut type of guy. Yeah. I, f I feel like after just, after all my hacking around in Bruges lately, I've been like, I can't remember where stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> so how the heck is anyone who's never been inside the code going to know? So maybe... I reserve the right to break everything still with Bruges, I'm afraid. Um, hopefully that's not too upsetting uh, to its users. But um, yeah, so I've been going around vectorizing stuff. Um, I've been trying to write better doc strings and do more of them. I've been adding functions. Um, so like NMO, I just added today. Uh, what else have I added recently? Some nonlinear filters for smoothing and that kind of thing. Uh, a new wavelet I added to the sync function uh, and so on. 
and lots more tests. I want to move the tests from unit test to PyTest because PyTest is awesome and unit test is, I think, a bit clunky, but uh, haven't got around to doing that yet. And yeah, I'm just going to try and be better at adding stuff, like add something every week kind of idea. So yeah, it's it's gradually improving. But like I say, it's still in alpha. So uh, until the dust settles a bit, I think things might get broken here and there. I mean, don't get me wrong. So a few things, you know, there are bugs around. But uh, on the whole, I do, you know, for me, it's just a sort of catalog of... Um, stuff you might want to do from whatever Aki Richards reflectivities to fluid substitution to time depth conversion all that stuff that can just slow you down if you don't have quick access to something at least even if you don't end up using our function you just rip it out and adapt it I feel like at least maybe gives people a head start I used it in some project I did recently maybe it was that article we touched on earlier this episode I can't remember <clears throat> anyway, okay. so hopefully yeah. you broke my project. Uh, what's the <laughs> Fourier transform of a sync function? You know it. Is, is it is it is it a sync function? No. I don't Maybe know. we'll leave that one. It's wrecked. It's a boxcar function. It's a boxcar. <clears throat> yep. Um, okay, fine. <laughs> I can't do Fourier transforms in my head. No, me either. I just memorize them after doing it for so long in graduate school. Um, okay, sense. so with that, we're through our list, and I have to say, hey, Matt. What is it, Graham? <laughs> On your bullets here, it says, now I have a Norwegian keyboard, FFS. What does FFS stand for? <laughs> for fairly soon. I, I guess you should. <laughs>